0: The only thing that seems to stand between you and romance... is a hundred thousand francs. Well, he didn't take it. I took it. All by myself. Now you can have your romance. I think you'd better go. Ever had a romance with a crook? I beg your pardon? Let me give you a little advice. When you embrace him be sure to put on gloves. Scott, have you seen Trouble in Paradise?
1: I have seen Trouble in Paradise, the 1932 romantic comedy by Ernst Lubitsch.
0: Yeah, really uh, one of the great groundbreaking uh, romantic comedies that kind of set the genre going uh, and what's interesting about it is that it was made in 1932, which was before the production code came into being, which we're going to we're going to talk about today, right?
1: that's right we're going to be talking about the production code that was initiated uh, in the the um 1934 35
0: yeah it actually it existed in from the very early 30s but it didn't begin to be enforced until literally July 1st 1934 and uh, trouble in
1: paradise is a very interesting film in terms of the relationships between men and women were definitely pre-code
0: yeah they were and but what's interesting is Before the code existed, people didn't find this kind of stuff scandalous. I mean, I'll tell you, Trouble in Paradise is this really charming romantic comedy. If we saw it today, it would probably be rated PG. If it wasn't PG, it'd be G. I mean, it's like tame by today's standards. Um, the two main characters are a man and a woman. They're jewel thieves. They're very glamorous people. But they're crooks, right? They, they rob jewels and money. And they, they get jobs with this rich woman who's also young and attractive. But their goal is they're going to rob her. And, um, and in the end, they do. Um, uh, but what's interesting is that you see that, that he falls in love with her. And, he's, and so the movie, he's actually having relations, like sexual relations even, you assume, with both women, romantic relationships. Um, at, they steal from her at the end, and the two of them, and you're not quite sure which woman he's gonna end up with, but he goes off with the jewel thief, and at the end, they're happily riding in a taxi. They've robbed her of everything. She doesn't even really mind that much. And so, okay, by today's standards, that'd be, oh, that's kind of cute. That's, a, that's, you know, we're used to that kind of thing. But when the production code went into effect, you couldn't have many of those things happen. Some of the sexual stuff, even though it's just implied and not shown, and you definitely couldn't have ever people getting away with crimes. There had to be some kind of punishment. So when, that, when the production code came into being and began to be enforced on July first, nineteen 1934, that movie was not seen again in the United States until 1968 or later when the rating system started. And it, was
1: it wasn't banned. it wasn't out on uh, either VHS or, or DVD until like 2000
0: or something. Right. It never got really released to, to home video until the 2000s. So 70 years after it was made. And Ernst Lubisch was a director that was
1: known for pre-code movies. Another one designed for living from 1933 with Frederick March and Gary Cooper uh, with Miriam Hopkins in that as well. And um, uh, uh, which is basically about a threesome.
0: Right. It's, it's also a love triangle. And I mean, OK, spoiler alert. But it, it basically at the end, they end up just together as three. That movie was also banned when the production code. And, and again, when it came out in 1933, it was a hit. People weren't scandalized by it. It was like interesting and uh, a fun romantic comedy. But then it and. Trouble in Paradise and many, many other films were just simply that were made in that early sound era from 29 to 34 were n- not shown again for 35 years.
1: And there, was, there were other elements that, that went into the code being instituted as well, like the fact that the greater country kind of looked at Hollywood as being Sin City, that there were scandals, there were murders, there were rapes, there, were, uh, there was drug use, people, there were actors that uh, died of drug overdoses, and, and that was sort of connected as well.
0: Yeah, in fact, you know, we see it today, right? It, Hollywood is controversial. You're, uh, many groups in society co- uh, uh, criticize the movies and their content for violence and sex, and, and, and they look at the lives of the actors. I gotta say, that pretty much started when movies started. I mean, literally, one of the very first like short 30-second films that was shown in like 1895 that came out of the Edison Studios was called The Kiss, and it's just a man and a woman kissing. It was incredibly controversial. And then all throughout the silent era, you know, you'd have these these epics and you'd have a little nudity or you'd have violence. People were always critical. But then it became kind of a movement in society, organized groups, uh, particularly some of the more conservative groups within the Catholic Church, organized. And they were demanding that the movies changed, And they were beginning to get laws passed. There wasn't quite as much Supreme Court protection then for free speech. And the movie industry looked at it and said, if we don't do something ourselves, we're gonna get literally banned in whole states. And so they came up with this production code and a board of censorship.
1: And legislators introduced uh, 100 film censorship bills in 1921 alone, this was in 37 states.
0: Yeah, and that's in the silent era. You don't even hear people say, they can't be swearing, nobody's even saying anything. Yeah.
1: So the the uh, the code was also called the production code was also called referred to as the Hayes Code.
0: That was because a guy named Hayes was the sort of, oversee of a, overseer of of the creation of the code. And I'm just going to go through what was in it because it's really interesting. Because what's also important about it is this was in effect from 1934 to 1968. If you know the history of movies and Hollywood, this is the golden era of Hollywood. This is when some of the greatest movies were ever made but they were all restricted by the production code. So how did they end up making such great movies anyway? I mean, here's the things that were not allowed. Nudity, swearing, any ridicule of religion or ministers, um, illegal drug use, not even alcohol use unless it was uh, required by the plot for proper characterization, which is one, of course, you can see they got around that all the time by having funny drunks or whatever, but it wasn't supposed to be there. Methods of crime, getting away with crime, um, and then uh, uh, killings, revenge, adultery, scenes of passion, cruelty to children and animals, prostitution, none of this supposedly could be shown. And there's even things in there that by today's standards we go, what? So you could not show a homosexual character. If they did it, it was referred to indirectly, and if if in any way it was more obvious, it had to be shown as being a bad thing. Um, There was, here's one, I'm gonna read it directly. Portrayals of miscegenation were forbidden. That's a big fancy word. It means interracial romance. You literally could not have a happily married couple if they were of different races. Go, Go back and watch any film, 30s, 40s, 50s, it's just not there until the production code starts to fade away. So there was some really bad stuff in the production code. But somehow they worked within it, right? Like, like, like a poet who decides to write a sonnet, and now they're restricted by the form. You know, They managed to work within it and still make really interesting films and sometimes quietly violate the code.
1: And work around it, too, as well, in terms of uh, 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 re- referring to it, but also like, like a wink and a nod. Yeah. And you have some examples with Casablanca?
0: Yeah, I was thinking about Casablanca. It's one of the most famous movies, you know, and it was made in 1942, so that's right in the middle of the production code, in the middle of classic Hollywood. And there's a couple things, a couple of scenes I thought of. One is the scene where Ilsa, Ingrid Bergman, confronts Rick, Humphrey Bogart, and she pulls a gun on him, and but then she sort of finally admits that she loves him. I love you so much. I hate this war so much. Oh,
1: it's a crazy world. Anything can happen. If you shouldn't get away. I mean, if... If something should keep us apart. Wherever they put you and wherever I'll be, I want you to know that. Kiss me. Christmas, if it were the last time.
0: Well, there's a problem with that because she—they had an affair when they were in Paris, but she thought her husband was dead. So you can't really call it adultery because it's assumed he's dead. But in the later scene, she's there with her husband in Morocco. She and and yet she now admits to being in love with him. And then they very carefully, subtly don't show a couple things, but they go from one moment embracing each other, there's a cutaway to like something outside, and then it cuts back to them and they're in different places like smoking a cigarette, like what happened in between. I think we all know, but they can't show that because that would be adultery. She can't actually have a relationship with him now that they know her husband's alive. And then later on in the very end scene, the famous scene at the airport, you know, where he has her go off with her heroic husband. Um, uh, he kills the, uh, the German Major. He shoots him when the guy tries to call on the phone and get the plane stopped from taking off. Well, what they do when they stage that scene is they have the Major pull the gun first so Rick can shoot him in self-defense. If it was more realistic, like it was a movie now, he'd probably just shoot him, <laughs> you know? But then in some weird way, even though they're fighting the Nazis, you'd go, did he just shoot him in cold blood? You're not allowed to do that. So they would always come up with some trick. You see characters like, and you still see that now sometimes. Characters fight, and one of them falls and hits his head on a rock, and that's how he dies. So you can't blame the other character, right? So they did all kinds of tricks like that in the to make the movies work.
1: But then in the 50s and the early 60s, the code became a little bit more, um, uh, per, or, you know, um, gauzy or you see you could see through it
0: yeah i mean people were getting more sophisticated and things were changing in society and you know it was just like you, you gotta this just isn't realistic anymore and then hollywood producers and, and and movies foreign movies were coming over here that were a lot more uh sexual and 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 then movies uh, independent films so ones that weren't made in hollywood didn't have to abide by the code and if the movie theaters showed them they showed them and so all of a sudden it's like, what are we going to do? And then and then, some Hollywood studios started to make movies where they didn't care and they didn't get the code approval on their films. A famous one is Psycho by Alfred Hitchcock. That was far too violent and graphic for its time. It didn't get the code approval, but the studio released it anyway because they knew they'd make the money and they knew that the code was on its way out.
1: 19. That was in 1960. And then also Billy Wilder's Some Like It Hot in 1959 with... Two male characters portraying women in a in a in an all female band, right, right? You know, with Marilyn Monroe as the as the the
0: female lead. Yeah, it's a great hilarious comedy, but yeah, um, uh, Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon spend half that movie dressed up as women. That and that's, not be allowed. <laughs> and
1: it's 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 a, it's a gag, right? But right. it's also they get into it.
0: Yeah, maybe that's why it wouldn't would have been banned, right? Because they it starts to bring up all these like questions of of gender and what's you know what's what and that yeah but as
1: we've talked uh, about how the the um hollywood initiated the code as self-censorship to ward off you know laws being passed to restrict their their creativity and then when the code was no longer something that was working they create the rating system right another Which... form of self-censorship
0: or, or self-guidance yeah, but the rating system is a, is a working system that all of a sudden, literally from the second the rating system goes into effect, you can put anything on screen because now you're filtering out who can see it at the box office. Interestingly, a lot of people don't realize this. There's no law. There's no, The rating system's not a law. I, I think I have this right. I think if a movie theater wanted to let a nine-year-old into an R-rated film without a parent, they probably could. It's not illegal, but they basically have a contract with the distributors to follow the thing and they all do. So, but once you have the rating system, well now, you know, you can show other things because you make it R and you don't let, let only let adults in. So, yeah.
1: And uh, and contemporarily right now, there's the conversation going on about uh, 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 gun proliferation in the in the country, these mass shootings that are happening, school shootings. And in Hollywood, they're having a discussion on whether uh, it's appropriate now to have the level of guns, the gun portrayal that we've had in the cinema. And in fact, um, a petition circulating with a, a variety of different filmmakers and creators signing on to it in the early stages of this to uh, essentially uh, protesting gun violence in Hollywood.
0: Yeah, I mean, in a way, it's it's just the the thing that's been here as long as this country's been here, free speech issues, you know. What should be allowed? What, how do you not allow it? Is that even possible? Um, and yeah. So, in some ways, it, what I find interesting about it is this is nothing new. This has been going on, in, at least in media, as long as there have been movies. Oh dear critic.